Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. To get the Crime Writers on After Show right now, go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts, and on this episode, eight members of an Appalachian family in four different homes were murdered in one night. Who was responsible? We'll review the podcast, The Pink Moon Murders. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband, Kevin Flint. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. Also with us- I'm doing us- that because you think when I say hello, that the dogs go crazy, and that's what it is. No, it's when they come on the line uh, on our recording. You mean when Lara and Toby come yes. on the line? Oh, that's when I'm not yes. supposed to say hello. And, and you, and you okay. enthusiastically greet them, and that's when Stuart upstairs starts barking maniacally and then barks for our entire taping. <laughs> Here's the problem. I don't think Lara or Toby think I enthusiastically greet them. But that's but I... that's what I do think triggers the barking, I think they hear they think they hear us greeting someone down here. They think someone's oh, over. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, right. that's so interesting. Well, I feel like but, you're... Fairly enthusiastic, Kevin. I mean, <laughs> I would like to hear an enthusiastic greeting. Could we try one? Well, I'll Let's tell you. Let's just get you, the dogs off. We had a yeah. meeting with our Netflix people the other day. Kevin was in his office. He came on the Google Meet, and he used the H word loudly, and thus kicked off a cacophony of barking. And I was like, that is why Stuart barks during our entire Grime Writers on taping, because that's how we start the this call. Anyway, um, also joining us is private <laughs> investigator, certified pet detective. See what I did there, Laura? Because I was pet detectiving. Resident cat lady and author of Dead on Deadline, Laura Bricker. Hello, Laura. Meow, woof, woof. Hello. 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 I'm not sending off the dogs. Hello, Kevin. Hello. The dogs are fine. The dogs are fine. They're tired. And finally, (laughs) our captain of all things cynical, author of the City Trilogy, host of Strange Arrivals, and our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast host, Toby Ball. Hello, Toby. Hello, Rebecca. (laughs) So, Kevin, um, this is Monday's Crime Writers On edition. Yeah. Uh, What are we talking about on our next episode, which is dropping this coming Thursday? We're going to be talking about the HBO Max documentary, Fire Boys. Yes, we are. It's very exciting. I'm looking forward to discussing that one. Um, Before we kick off our review, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention. One, I have to make a minor mea culpa. Okay. For all of the vineyard owners out there who are listening to this podcast. And there's so many. There's so many. I was very reductive in my assertion on our last episode that white wine is never made from uh, green and white grapes. That is not true. Some white wines are made with green and white grapes. Uh, And I said that white wine was made from red grapes without skins. That is true also, but I was reductive in saying that none were. I just wanted to get to the shitty vineyard story that's down the street from us. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry to all of you vineyard owners who were offended by my lack of wine knowledge that was displayed there. And um, that was my mea gulpa for that um, ignorant, ignorant assertion. If anyone should be offended, it's Lara Bricker. <laughs> Although she was drinking wine that was slightly pink, so I'm pretty sure her, hers was made from red grapes. But you know what, Rebecca? The reason it was slightly pink, I was in fact correct. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Did someone put your, their feet in it? No, actually, <laughs> it was actually that the skins were left on. Nice. And yeah. white grapes are used in wine. Yes, they I are. I just learned. And I learned and so this are, and at so the wine green, club. And so are green. 
And so yes. are red to make champagne. Yes. Red, red grapes, grapes. Red grapes are, in fact, used to make champagne and other white All wines as grapes. well. All grapes are good for drinking. I know. I know. I was reductive. It was stupid. It was all my fault. I've gotten so many vineyard complaints. So many. Jeez. I, I get commandeered at my wine club over it. So many vineyard owners are so upset with me right now. And so, Toby, one quick thing. You wanted to just give a plug for something that you are going to be doing in another country and you want to like see people will join you, right? Yeah. So I'm going to be in England, London, England. Uh <laughs> I'll start. I'll start that all over again. No, no, no. Say it right like that. <laughs> the world needs to know. I'm going to be in London, England. Comma, England. Uh, <laughs> I will be in London, England, on the evening of Sunday, March 13th. This Sunday. This Sunday. That's right. And uh, we're doing a meetup. The place hasn't been determined yet, as we're taping, but we'll be at seven o'clock in the evening and if you are interested in going either check out the facebook discussion group and there should be like a notice there or you can email me uh through crime writers on just put london in the uh subject line and they'll forward it on to me and i will get right back to you with all the details but would love to see people uh this sunday we had a great time with our listeners in london we've been to a couple different big cities and had meetups but uh, the folks that met us uh, in Earl's Court, it, it was, was a great fun. time. Yeah, they got my, they got our son very drunk, and we had to eat. Uh, we had to feed him a Burger King <laughs> covered with mayonnaise Whopper at one oh, o'clock in Lord. the morning. As a result, yeah. ew! And yes. did he vomit it up? No, he we went to fine. a wonderful oh. place. We didn't know the only food they served was hot olives dogs and olives and olives. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like okay, kid, have another. Have another, have another four olives and yeah. 18 drinks. We were all hurting. Yeah, it was great. No, it was really, really, really fun. And uh, I highly recommend meeting up with Toby because Toby is just as fun as he sounds and even more <laughs> handsome than he sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Let Boy, Toby that's... pay. Toby, I like that Toby's just as fun as he sounds. He is. <laughs> oh, did I? Wait, is that, is that an insult? <laughs> the way you said it sounds really <laughs> Just as he sounds. So good luck to you. There you go. <laughs> what you see is what you get. Bring a buck. Don't be super fun. <laughs> Won't be like Candy Crush. <laughs> so another quick thing I wanted to talk about very briefly before we get into our review um, is a podcast we reviewed a few weeks ago um, that I have been keeping up with, and I don't, I don't think Manslaughter? you have. I don't think you have, Kevin. You haven't quite caught up yet, and Laura, I don't think you have. But Toby, I know you have, and I just wanted to mention to our listeners if they have not been keeping up with Chameleon Wild Boys, uh, Toby, you've been listening, right? Oh yeah, yep. So we, I have, I don't subscribe. So as of this taping, episode seven is out, which is the penultimate episode, and it is bananas. Um, Toby, can you not confirm <laughs> that Sam going to meet this family? Because I, you know, we that that was teased that he was going to go to Colorado and meet the family uh, that these two boys who were in this Canadian town and committed this fraud. He was going to go meet them today and meet their family. Are they not wild? <laughs> yeah, I think you're finding out why it's called Wild Boys uh, <laughs> at this point in the. Yeah, it's 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 super interesting. It's very weird, um, <laughs> but you find out that there is quite a story behind their decision to uh, strike out into the wilderness in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just say they may not be the weirdest people in their family. <laughs> <laughs> There's one extremely normal kid in their family. Yes. Who you hear from. Yes. And it just makes everybody else seem that much more. Yes. Uh, it's yes. like what happened. Yes. Wow. And what's so amazing is that Sam is just so nonchalant about the whole damn thing. He's just yep. like, introduces you to the family, tells you what they're like, has them on tape. They tell you what they think, what they believe, the things they're into, and he's just like, okay, moving on. And he's a listener, yeah. you're like, the actual fuck did I just yeah. hear? No, he's, but he's totally empathetic. Like sometimes stuff comes up and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's 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 hard. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, t absolutely. Uh, I'll just give you one like minor hint. Um, there's a moment where they feel the need to point out that there is in fact in that town a pizza place where the theme is flat earth pizza. And that is contextual for the beliefs of this family. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's. It's an interesting 
Like you could actually have just done, I think, a podcast on this family and just sort of like the effects of like Mm -hmm. the early days of the internet and like people who had a lot of time on their hands, but you know, how the internet should be used and, and, you know, take things with a grain of salt or whatever, like that hadn't like penetrated into sort of the national like mentality. So, you know, it's about, especially a part of the family, but, but I think the family as a whole is receptive to just like going into these deep dives and kind of taking things at face value that are absolutely sort of off the wall yeah, and then acting on it. You know, did, did having that sort of order your life. Yeah. It, it's it's really interesting. It is. And this is not like the modern day conspiracy thing that we are experiencing. Like, this is a whole different brand of like old school yeah. thinking that like we it's just it's very, very wild. I really recommend that those of you who have not been keeping up with Wild Boys, definitely check it out. It is it's fantastic. And it is bananas. And I'm just going to leave it there. OK, Kevin, promise me you'll listen. Yeah, of course. Okay. (laughs) It's really, really worth it. All right. Well, I think we should move on and um, get to this evening's review of another very interesting to talk about podcast, shall we? Let's do it. I'm going to go ahead and drop that first clip. In April of 2016, two members of the Roden family were discovered murdered in their Appalachian, Ohio home. A search of another home on the property turned up two more victims, and a check of the extended family uncovered an additional four victims at other places. I will never forget, and I've never experienced, the feeling to walk in to a room and see all the caskets around the wall. The victims were connected by blood or marriage and ranged in age from 44 to 16. Two infants and a toddler were left unharmed. Investigators were puzzled at why an entire family would be annihilated. Was it because of their illegal marijuana operation? Was it because of a possible cockfighting ring? Or was it a more personal killing? It's a very active case with the judge's gag order, which presents challenges as well as opportunities to discover. This story is a real-life whodunit and whydunit, and what I discovered has more twists and turns than an Appalachian back road. In the Pink Moon Murders from Cavalry Audio and iHeart, host David Ratterman explores the Pike County shootings from interviews with relatives and friends and from the few documents publicly available, Ratterman puts together the timeline of the case, hoping to make sense of the killing before the murder trials begin. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from the first three episodes of The Pink Moon Murders. So if you want to remain spoiler free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes to hear our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. Now, Kevin, just to do this case a service before we talk about the podcast, Mm -hmm. we should talk about the crime briefly because it is very, very strange and very unusual. Right. So can you just like just talk about that? I mean, eight people murdered. In four locations, it's it's bizarre. Yeah, well, it, it was definitely a big story in the news at the time. It's a major homicide. You have to admit, that, you know, when you wipe out a whole family, Godfather baptism scene style, this is like not business related, right? Even though it's you know Godfather analogy, that there is some serious personal animus towards uh, the family in order to do this. Not in one house. But to go to four separate places there. And so I think that's one of the things that makes the case different. Uh, you know, it's not just the number of people killed, but sort of the uh, the fact that we have four different crime scenes here. And as we learn, not from the podcast yet, but from, you know, real life, that there were multiple suspects involved. So one sort of fact of the case also, Kevin, that they keep harping on, um, which I actually have an issue with the fact that this has become like canon for the case is the fact that there are multiple dogs at some of these locations. Yeah. And there's this assumption that the killer had to have somehow snuck past these dogs uh, in order to commit these crimes. Right. Right. You're interested in that detail of the crime. I'm less interested in it, but you you think that that's an interesting detail. Well, yeah. I mean, okay, I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you this. It remains interesting in the podcast because in the podcast world, the case isn't solved. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Wait, but, in the Wikipedia world, it is. It is, it is. But nonetheless, right, you know, it is a tantalizing clue that the dogs didn't bark because it's right out of Sherlock Holmes, The Adventure of Silver Blaze. He called it the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime. That reminds you of a you know, title of a book recently. It's because the dog that didn't bark was the clue. How do we know the dog didn't bark? All right, well, we don't literally know exactly. if the dogs didn't bark. Correct. But the dogs did not <laughs> uh, they, they, they did not alert anybody that they were there. So it it is curious. Okay, so I have an alternate theory of that, okay? Okay. How many dogs were outside that one house like 15 or something like that? Okay. So imagine a scenario, Lara and Toby, where you have 15 constantly barking dogs that live outside your house, right? I can also imagine a scenario where those dogs are sort of hair trigger and are barking all the time and you just sleep through it all the time. Or they bark and you don't get out of bed because like they just bark at things, right? Are you Mm. literally going to get up every time your dogs who live outside find something to bark at? Like, I I don't know. Yeah, I just don't think that to assume these dogs never barked is like a fair assumption. Like, I just think that that's silly. Well, but I also am like, hey, they threw a bunch of pork chops out and just like walked in. And that's why the dogs didn't bark. <laughs> it's possible. I'm just saying. That's, that's, that's possible. That's absolutely possible. But, but but the importance is that whoever came had a plan for the dogs. Yeah. All right. So they knew that much. Now, I don't know whether or not, yeah, they gave them some meat or whatever. I think that if they drove up with the headlights on and the tires squealing and everything, that these dogs would react. So mm-hmm. they probably said, we got to come in slow or whatever. It seems like the dogs kind of reacted that way to everyone. Right. Whether they were family or strangers or whatever. So you were going to have to deal with the dog some way. But that was obviously a consideration, okay. right? It was like, we come in, we have to take care. We have to figure out what we're going to do about the dogs. Okay. So we can talk about the podcast now? All yeah, right, let's sure. do it. So the podcast starts out with one of the things that I call a red flag for true crime podcasts, mm-hmm. which is a long, unedited 911 call. Toby, what were your thoughts when you heard that right up top in this podcast? My thoughts were, oh, no. <laughs> that was it? <laughs> well, it was just like it started and it just went on and on and on. And I try not to let like beginnings like that kind of prejudice my take on it as things go forward. But it's like a combination of kind of lazy and objectionable and I think exploitive. Like you're not getting constant information from this 911 call that you need to understand the case. Like oh, a fair amount do? of it. 70, 77? You mean 7077? 70, 77. Yeah, it's that just, was crazy. It's just yeah. somebody in distress, you know? Right. And I guess you can rationalize it as you're showing the emotional stakes or something, but uh, to me, it just kind of felt exploitive. It just kind of harkens back to, to other podcasts, which I don't necessarily need to name, but I think everybody knows what we're talking about, that does stuff like that in a way that I have some sort of moral issues with. Toby, are you sad, upset, and need comfort? I will pray with you. Thank you. <laughs> that was one of the lines in this podcast. Yes. Was it? I, I'd probably have repressed that. <laughs> okay. Um, so another thing that is style-wise that I find really interesting here, and Laura, I've never heard it before in any show we've ever listened to. Okay. Is that the podcast itself, you know, David's storytelling uh, in itself, like take the content separately. There's like a wrapping that was done of it by whoever distributed the podcast and this announcer guy who comes in. (laughs) And by the way, we should just acknowledge for a second, we're sort of like making light of just the formatics of this, which we are going to do, and we are not talking about the crime. I just want to say that right now. I know we're probably going to get added out for like, because we're talking about a horrific crime here, a story about a horrific crime. We are not laughing about the crime. Let's just be clear. Throwing it out there right now. Yeah, we do this twice a week. So I yeah, am going to okay, laugh yeah. about that fucking announcer guy, though, because it you is mean, absurd. You mean Vincent Price? It is absurd. <laughs> Welcome to the Pink Moon Murders. <laughs> It's like it's, it's like, more like welcome to the Pink Moon Strip Club. It is ridiculous. for your eyes only, gentlemen. It is ridiculous. Just as Leonard felt the police were turning on him and his family, he was turning on them. 
More Pink Moon murders after a word from our sponsors. I have never heard anything like it before. And it feels like whenever I hear, I feel bad for this guy who made this thing. Like, there's no way he was like, this is what I want to do. I want to tell this story. And then in before in and out of ads, I want to have this cheesy guy from Fiverr announcing in and out of my ads. What did you think when you just sort of heard like what's happening around this podcast? It's very discordant, right? Like well, the volume I mean, of the ads being so loud compared to the podcast, the weird announcer guy. I just, I mean, they had a lot of ads. I was like, man, we don't have that many ads. I was like, I had to fast forward for like three minutes. Like before we even start the podcast, we have three minutes of ads. And then there's like another three minutes. And I'm like, celebrity podcasts coming. We got to find out about there was a lot. I know there was a lot of news they needed to share in those ads. But I guess the tone to me was a little bit jarring in terms of like we went from like this guy who's like, I'm going back home, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to Ohio, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, the pink moon murders. <laughs> and it just, it didn't really fit with the tone of the overall storytelling to me. Well, the problem with those bumpers and like, I mean, you have to, you know, be careful when you start pointing fingers at the way digital ads get inserted. Oh, I'm, because I'm never going to shit on anybody for having I'm sure ads. there's going to be a problem in the next five minutes it with happens. our thing. It happens. But there's the part where it's baked in. The way those bumpers, where they dropped, it was like right in the middle of what the guy was saying. In the middle of a sentence, yeah. Well, not in the middle of a sentence. Middle he reached paragraph. some punctuation, right? But it was like, <laughs> it's like he didn't get to the end of his thought and it was just boom. And it just came right in like that. And it was edited really poorly, which makes it sound funny. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I get maybe when you recorded it, you didn't think that you'd have to stop for an actual break. And that's why you have this announcer saying that. But, you know. How, how difficult would it be to just kind of... Wait till the end of a paragraph? Put in a breath. Yeah. yeah. Or put a two-second pause. Or something, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Because then eventually you'll get like, you know, stay stay tuned after the break. We're back, you know? It just, it, it's, it's, it's silly. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Guys, I know we have so much great stuff to talk about with this podcast. We do. But can <laughs> we really? We do. Can I just can I just do, do this thing with my hand where I make a T and say "time out" for business? Sure. All right, business. I'll start section. the music. All right, right now, guys, on the uh, on Patreon of the Crime Writers on After Show, we are talking about. Spotify? Yes. Explain yourself. Well, there's been a lot going on with Spotify, like in the news, the podcast community, right? The whole Joe Rogan thing, you know, musicians taking their music off of there because of the Joe Rogan thing and misinformation and people being really outraged that Spotify, you know, keeps that podcast up there. Yeah. But we get a lot of questions about it, or I do. Like, you know, what's the deal? Like, why is your show on Spotify, et cetera? And there is like a difference between like, you know, some podcasts on Spotify versus others. And there is a difference between like apps and publishers. And I just want a chance to sort of talk about Spotify's that. Spotify's not giving us a, we a will sixth of a penny. Save for the after yeah, okay. show. Save for the after show. So I, I just, I wanted to talk about that controversy a little bit and also maybe just like see if you guys saw the excellent uh, uh, skit that was not on Saturday Night Live um, this weekend that should have been. Anyway, so no, we'll talk about that on the after show. Also on Patreon, we have the latest edition of Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club podcast. We do. 
Toby talked with a bunch of friends about Empire of Pain. That's a book about the opioid crisis and the Sacklers. And Toby, the Sucklers. The Sucklers. <laughs> Toby, tell me about the highlights from uh, that podcast. It was a good discussion, by the way. Oh, thanks. We had three very interesting perspectives, uh, other than mine. Uh, we had a. a Toby, uh, sometimes you bring three perspectives all by yourself. I try. I try to bring as many as perspectives as possible to anything I talk about. Yeah. So we had a uh, we had a cold case investigator. We had a woman who's in the pharmaceutical industry, and we had somebody else who had a different kind of experience with opioids. It's just sort of a, I think, a post-op painkiller or whatever. So anyway, it was a really good discussion about a completely odious family that, you know, they didn't do it themselves, but they were largely responsible for the opioid epidemic in our country by um, sort of high pressure sales of a highly addictive substance, getting doctors to prescribe it as much as possible. And we are living with the results. That's right. Because they suck. The sucklers. They really, really do. All right, Kevin. So people want that content. Where do they go? Yeah, how do, do they, they get do? it? How do they get it? They go to Crime Writers on. No, they don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could, but that will lead them there too. But how do they get it like more directly? Go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media. Yeah, you get and all you the sign up. Yeah, great stuff that we there. make on our Patreon. So uh, is that it for the business section, Kevin? Well, I could go on and on and on, but uh, As always. I, I don't want to keep people in suspense anymore about the Pink Moon murder. We so. have so much to talk about, all so right. much more to talk about okay. of substance. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you end the music when we can I'll start go ahead again. and fade that out. So I want to talk about a piece of writing that happens early in the podcast that for me kind of set up tonally what I was going to like hear here in terms of the storytelling style. Um, Toby, at the beginning of the show, David talks about the community and sort of in this fly in way, he talks about kind of falling in love with it, falling in love with the accents, falling in love with the people. And he says this thing about, and it's not even as conservative as you think. Yes, virtually everyone in Pike County is white and Christian and grew up locally, but it's not as conservative as some imagine. Many no longer go to church. And I met a couple of goths and gay people. I also saw a few African-Americans whose ancestors, I was told, had settled in the area when it was a stop on the Underground Railroad. There are black people. I met a gay person. I met a goth. I was really surprised <laughs> that that would sort of be like how a community is kind of like characterized, especially sort of when I kind of looked up David's bio and he's, you know, he's not a new journalist. Like he's a journalist. National Geographic. It felt anthropological to me in a way that was really offensive and weird, especially when he talks about it not being a conservative community because there are black people there. And literally like five minutes later, you hear that somebody in the case was in a fight because he used the N word against somebody who was a suspect in the case. Like weird, right? Yeah. You know, I think overall, I think it could have used like the whole thing kind of feels a little bit like an outline to me or like a, a very, a very like rough first draft. And I think that's a place where you needed an editor to kind of be like, all right, you can't like go with this. Like if you're trying to get across <laughs> like this idea that it's not as homogenous as people might be picturing it in their minds, like that's legit, but you got to figure out some other way of getting it across than this. So I, I kind of felt like it was that way again and again and again. Where it's like, I get what you're trying to do, but you just need to spend more time on it or approach it in a different way or just something because it just kind of felt to me like, it's like, here's another fact and here's another fact and here's another fact. And how about this? You know, this person, they were part of 4-H in their (laughs) extracurriculars, but this other person didn't do extracurriculars. And it might be because they had two kids at home when they were juniors in high school. It's like, well, yeah, that that's probably true. And then he said, well, you know, some other people I got to do, I got to do some more research on. And I was like, you know, hold on. Is this the research you're doing? It's looking at their 
high school yearbook and like their yeah. extracurricular activities. So that was all of his research. Fucking A. So again, it's like I I get like you're trying to sort of humanize and you're trying to maybe distinguish people, but you know, you just gotta do more. Or yeah. you've gotta do less. I would have liked know? to see how Bill Rankin handled that scene. Be like yeah, it's just I saw a black man and a brown man, <laughs> and a woman with a hat, and a goth, and a man with a mustache, <laughs> and a Catholic, <laughs> and a hobo American. And a hobo American hopping the train. <laughs> Some were wearing shorts. Okay, well, there's also <laughs> not the shorts. There's also a There fun... was a guy with a t-shirt, with a long sleeve t-shirt right. underneath it. All right, well, as long as we're talking about details like that, before we get to a central issue, there is a thing that happens too that I found very precious and strange <laughs> where he's trying to talk to this coroner lady. She says she'll he'll t- she'll talk to him and then she says, but it can't be next week because I'm going to be in Florida on vacation. And then he says, well, and then I offered to, I'm going to be in Florida. So I offered to drive to wherever she is to talk to her and she never got back to me. So I guess that's that. Maybe it's the gag order. And I'm like, <laughs> Or maybe she's on fucking vacation and does not want to actually talk to you and have you drive to where she is. We'll never know. We'll never know. So so there is a central issue here. And Laura, it's something that you pointed out and that Kevin pointed out, which is that this podcast is framed as a mysterious, unsolved case with unknown people who are suspected of it. And it Mm -hmm. does not take... A whole lot of digging to find out that that is not actually true, right? Yeah. At the time of this taping, we've listened to three episodes. And at the end of the third episode is this big shocker like, and they were growing marijuana. And I was like, oh, my God. So I'm like, you know what? I feel like I don't really have a good sense of like why these people would have been killed at this point. So I, I just Google it. And I'm like, oh, there's like all these people that have been arrested in the case. And wait. It's in court and wait, it's all over the media. And I was like, wait, the way that it's been framed to date is this again, I will remind you, is an unsolved case. There have been like, it's a mystery. We don't know what's going on. And I'm like, that's totally disingenuous. And also, clearly, this has been going on since like 2021 that we know who's been arrested. So I I guess I just don't feel like the framing of how this was framed as an unsolved case going through in that sort of traditional true crime sort of format from like the body is found. Now the investigation is beginning. Like we're doing this like chronological approach, which is how we see a lot of true crime shows and documentaries and books like in the old days when we had true crime books follow a story. And in this case, I don't really feel like it's serving this story particularly well because we have no suspense. We have no excitement because it's just like going chronologically through things. But actually, we're not even accurate because there's a lot more at play here when you just simply look up the case on Wikipedia than what we're hearing in the podcast. So I was very frustrated by that because I felt like this is actually an interesting case. But I feel like what I think is interesting about the case, which is the fact that like one whole family has like it's like the Hatfields and the freaking McCoys has convinced their whole family to go like yeah carry out this conspiracy to kill this other family over like child custody that I never even picked up in the first three episodes of the podcast that we've listened to and that to me is is kind of like what the fuck like what is going on with that family that they all bought into this crazy plan to go do this allegedly well Laura I mean at the end of the first episode he says quote and no one has been tried in court yet. So far, there have been 1,100 tips to law enforcement officers who have reportedly conducted 550 interviews and arrested and released many persons of interest. No one has been tried in court yet. It seems like a very deceptive turn of phrase to create this this false sense of suspense. Yes. And he calls it an open case and a whodunit. So it makes it sound like not only is the case not solved, but, you know, and going beyond the stipulations of innocent till proven guilty, it leaves the impression that there's no one in the frame. Not that four members of a family have been arrested and they say, well, no one's been no one's been tried because two of them have taken plea deals. 
at this point in exchange for testimony against the other family members. Yeah, they haven't been tried because they've taken plea deals. Yeah, it seems super disingenuous to say that. It is disingenuous. It doesn't seem disingenuous. It is disingenuous. I'm pulling a punch, Joke. I'm pulling the punch. Don't pull the punch. I was in Kevin's office uh, today talking about the podcast, and I was talking about the writing. And I was like, the writing has like potential, but it gets so flowery. And I was like, there's so many flowery moments, and it sort of is like a parody in some ways because it gets so over the top flowery. It's, it's almost yep. like a parody of David Ridgen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's like a parody of David Ridgen's writing. It's like a parody of someone knows something. And Kevin, what did you say? Kevin said. Someone does know something. The person who went to the hearing and the person who took the plea deal. Everybody knows everything. <laughs> and the person who read the articles about the case in which the people were arrested. A lot of uh, people know a lot of things about this case. Can I give you guys some of my favorite of the sayings because I wrote them down? Sure. So we have the, it's crazy to think you go to sleep and never wake up. <gasps> and I'm like, really? Um, and then we have like, the pastor who's like, the pastor who was like, are you sad, upset, or need comfort? I will pray with you. And then we have the descriptions of like the woman who's like talking with someone and she's like, and then she smiled as she thought of little Bobo or whatever his name was. Or like one point they're like reading like a dramatic reenactment. And it's not like we can't just read the dramatic reenactment, which would have been more dramatic. We have to be like, he said with contempt. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. You're ruining what could be a good story by adding all this ridiculous, like, description. Yeah. Was anyone else irritated like I was? I was irritated by that. I was until he brought up the point that that one woman was known for making raunchy jokes at the local flea market, <laughs> which made <laughs> everything else- pocketbooks. Made everything else in the podcast worthwhile. Um, <laughs> Do you want to go to that flea market? We should go. No, I think at one point he actually used the phrase up and vanished. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't, again, I just, I, I don't know what's going on with this podcast and why, like, why it was released like this. <laughs> I, I just, I, I honestly, I just, I would just think that you would listen to it and be like, look, we, there's like, you know, I have a theory work. on that, Toby. Okay. Is that if you are a journalist and you've captured, you've, you've gathered a lot of information, but you don't have the certain elements for different things, there's not... There's not something here for a book at this time, right? Because they're not going to publish a case that's not fully adjudicated. It's a gag order. So, right, what do you do with all this raw material? Can you make a movie? You really can't. Can you do this? You can't do that. Somebody probably said, well, you can make a podcast out of it because you don't even, you know, need to have the, the this or the that. And they're just kind of taking what they have and said, okay, yeah, we'll make this a podcast. But by the way, you ready to have your minds blown? Minds blown? iHeart, who distributed this, they already did a podcast on this case. Really? Yeah. yeah. What it's the hell? <laughs> the Piketon Massacre huh. in 2020. So are they just forgetting like uh, we, so what story you're already, doing? Or? It's probably already like a movie deal in place about this. I, probably. So it's not like with this some, is, who knows? Maybe, who knows? Well, what, I based just, on the high school yearbook of this town? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Yes. But one other quick thing, because there's another like thing that he throws in here that really stuck out to me. Is at one point he's talking about motives, potential motives for the case, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, he mentions this. This is before he drops the drug operation, which is done in a really dumb way where it's like this note at the end of episode two and you wait all the way to the end of episode three. And it's like half a million dollars of marijuana, which is not actually a lot. Like, I don't know no. if it's a retail half a million. I don't fucking know. They're but. not the Snells exactly. from uh, Ozark. Exactly. Um, I mean, it's fine. It's not like nothing. It's not like a few plants, but it's also not, you know, again, not the Snells. But at one point he says, there's a lot of hearsay about this one, one rumor, one hearsay thing. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it involves doing something illegal with a large sum of money. And that's so I'm going to leave it there. And I'm like, Oh, you mean money laundering? Like you literally just said what the rumor is without saying what the rumor is. Just say it. Just like say, oh, there's rumors about money laundering or don't say it. But don't say yeah. there's a rumor that I'm not going to tell you. And it's and it's this thing, which is a synonym for the thing that I'm not going to tell you. Like mm-hmm. it's very strange choices like in like the, the I'm going to tell I'm, I'm responsible, but I'm not responsible. It's like very, very strange no. choices. Like I'm at the bar with my buddies from college. And some of them have been following the case and here's what they say. I'm like, nobody fucking cares. (laughs) Um, 
Sorry, <laughs> but like that was not, that's like a third, fourth hand source. That's not a direct. And that was one of my frustrations with this is like, if you can't get access to actual sources and you're getting information second, third hand, or you're just reading people's Facebook statuses, maybe this is not the time to be telling this story in this format. And then when we do get a police officer, we get the guy who's a buddy of mine from high school, but doesn't want his name to be used. And the guy's like Sling Blade. And he's like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like that guy. <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> like Sling Blade. <laughs> Rebecca's like dying over there. No, but he was. He was like, he was like the guy that was like directing traffic. He wasn't even involved in the investigation. But he was like, uh-huh. And I'm like. <laughs> He has nothing to do. He talked to Laura. One of the sources was literally the clerk at the motel where the police were staying was a source. And he's like, guys, we went in and out. They were like, that shit's bad. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I'm like, why are we interviewing him? Oh, oh, dear God. Dear God. Well, um, okay. I mean, I guess those are all very good questions about this podcast, right? can't top that. Uh-huh. I can't top Sling Blade. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. Cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. All right, well, let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out The Pink Moon Murders? It's a new podcast from Cavalry Audio and iHeart that looks at the Pike County shootings. Laura Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for The Pink Moon Murders? If you had been following me around this week when I was walking, listening to this around town, when it was warm enough to walk outside, you would have heard me being like, nobody fucking cares. I don't care that you're going home to see your family. Uh huh. You know what the problem is with this is that this had potential. This is an interesting case. Anytime you have a whole family or this huge group that's like murdered, not only in one location, but multiple locations, like you're like, what is going down? Like, you know that there is definitely like potential for somebody knows something. It's a small town. It's a secret. It's a family secret, something. But unfortunately with this, this case, which is in trial right now, if you Google the names of these people, This case is in court. The way that this case is presented in this podcast, you are led to believe that this is a cold case with no no outcome. Unfortunately, also because this case is in court, and I can say having worked in the court system and in the journalism system, like nobody can talk about it. So if you can't get good sources because of the stage that this case is going through the justice system, perhaps this is not the time to tell the story. I think this is an interesting story. I just think that it would have benefited from a little bit more structure and a little bit more suspense because the way that it was told was just not very interesting. But, you know, there were some moments if you want to rage walk, you could certainly rage walk too. So, I mean, perhaps. Perhaps if you need to bump up your routine midwinter, maybe that's why you should listen to it. So, that's so I'm a, putting you as a thumbs down? <laughs> a thumbs down? That's a big thumbs down. Okay, just checking. Uh, Toby Ball, your thoughts? Thumbs up or thumbs down on the Pink Moon Murders? I just, I don't, I don't understand why this was released the way it was. Uh, it just doesn't feel like it's done. And that's just part of the problem. I, I don't really know what to say. It's, it's not very good. There's another podcast about the same thing 
which might be worth listening to. There's not much to recommend this podcast. Like there's nothing that I can point to where I can be like, well, like for the most part, it wasn't that good, but it did have this interesting part or it did have this interesting part or it took this particular slant on things. But there was none of that. It just didn't seem well thought out. It's not particularly well written. Um, just doesn't have much insight on the case. I spent a lot of time trying to think of like something positive to say about it. And uh, I don't know. It, it's just it's just not very good. So it's a thumbs down for me. Kevin Flynn. Yeah, I'm a thumbs down. Uh, the podcast doesn't have a lot of energy. It doesn't seem to have much life to it. Uh, this is the second Calvary audio podcast I've heard. I would describe the style as muddy. I also don't need sound effects for everything. Somebody worked in a sawmill, and of course, there's a table saw. It's like, <laughs> fuck my life, really? Walk into the town clerk's office, typing. Yeah, don't don't need that. That's not really thoughtful or uh, you know good. It just it right, just doesn't have a lot of energy. I do believe the gag order is you know one of the major reasons why you cannot get quality audio because that's why it's there. But to present it like. Well, there's a gag order, but not to explain. There's a gag order there because there have been arrests and there's a trial, and that's why you're not going to get your sources. I just feel like sometimes you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit, and this is what this was. <laughs> this is Chicken Shit Podcast. Down. I am- and, and I'll just say, this, like, with a little asterisk, I know there's like three episodes, and maybe it redeems itself fantastically, and I'll look, and I will eat my hat and be the first to say, wow, that was actually a fantastic podcast with a rough start, but yeah, thumbs down. You're not going to eat the chicken chip? No. Well, I'll eat chicken chips. Why would I care? Um, I think the first warning that this podcast is not going to be good is when you hear the warning at the beginning that says, this podcast contains descriptions of graphic violence. No, this podcast contains graphic descriptions of violence. <laughs> if you can't even get that writing right, <laughs> like you're already in trouble, right? So- the thing that I will say is I actually feel really bad for the reporter, David Ratterman, who made this podcast, because I'm just going to go out on a limb. I did not go into a rabbit hole and read all of his other journalism, but I'm just mm-hmm. going to go out on a limb looking just at his like very light CV online that he's not a dummy. Right. Yeah. And that he got thrown into this, that, that he decided to do this audio project and he got put with a team who did him no favors with this project at all. And the biggest favor they could have done is saying, this isn't ready to go. Maybe they had a contract and it had to be ready to go, but like they did him no favors in putting this out the way it was put out. This podcast is a mess. Uh, it There are little moments that I was like, oh, there was potential there. Uh-oh, it just went downhill. Little moments here and there and here and there. But if I had to hear the expression hills and hollers one more time and I'm like, there's no script editing. Like, you just said that five minutes ago, man. Like, it is not good. And I feel bad, frankly, for how much I hated it because I David seems nice and I'm sure he's a very good journalist in the other work that he does. This is not something that um, I would put up there with that other work if I were him. And honestly, I, I hope that he gets another chance to make something with a, a team of people that maybe just supports him a little bit better. So big thumbs down for me for the Pink Moon Murders. Wanted to like it. Really did. Can't say that I did. Now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast, a little something I like to call the crime mm, of taters. The, the crime of the week. week. It sounds like a shitty job, even if you can smell the money. A company in Britain is offering a dog owner 6,000 euros or about 6,600 bucks to change their pet's diet for two months and then keep track of how the poo smells. Omni makes plant-based dog food. They're looking for some real-world info on how it affects digestion, and that includes stool consistency and odor. The selected applicant will report back on their dog's weight, sleep patterns, and other general health data points, including doo-doo aroma. There's no word on how to measure perfume de poo-poo. Did you... I think it's perfume de poo-poo. Parfum de poo-poo. Do you put it up your nose like a fine wine? No. <laughs> Do you file a report that says, man, this smells like dog shit or say, oh, this only made me gag twice today. And how scientific is this study? Is there a control group of dogs fed nothing but potato kibble and chili? 
Applications to be the turd test case are open until March 31st. It seems a lot of people realize that, quote, if I'm going to smell it anyway, I may as well get paid. So panel, your nose knows. Let's give a Yelp review of your dog's doo-doo. What do you think, Lara Bricker? Um, We've got rubber tennis ball with a side of cat poop. And I'm going to say we're going to go a sprinkle of toilet water. Oh, nice. Mm. Very, very nice. What do you think, Toby Ball? I don't have any dogs, Rebecca. Mm, True. All right, Kevin, can you give a Yelp review of our dog's poo? Yeah. Oh, wow. This smells better than the Pink Moon Murders. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we should probably end on that note. It's a Susant of asparagus. Oh, my God. The flutter of a nutty Edom cheese. We're definitely going to end it on that note. All right, Lara Bricker, if folks want to reach out to you on social media and get your further impressions of Billy Bob Thornton doing quirky characters in films, how can they find you on Twitter? And they can always find me at Lara Bricker on Twitter. Uh-huh. And- And Toby Ball, if folks want to reach out to you and find out more about your London, England adventures, how can they find you on Twitter? At Toby Ball NH. What about you, Kevin Flynn? How can folks find you on the Twitters? I'm at Kevin P. Flynn. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can find me at Reb Lavoie. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Crime Writers On, and I encourage you to join our incredible community in our official Crime Writers On Facebook discussion group. Support the show at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. You'll get the Crime Writers On after show right now. Plus, Married with Podcast, Lara Bricker's Leave it to Bricker podcast, and Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club podcasts. Our theme song was composed and performed by Ty Gibbons. Our line editor is the very handsome Olivia Burdett. The executive producer of this program is Kevin Flynn. This show was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio, otherwise known as Studio C, the closet in our New Hampshire basement, where we continue to audition people with deep, spooky voices to fill in for Toby while he's on vacation. Welcome to Crime Writers On. (laughs) On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you Later. later. Did you guys get the host's name? Is it Ratterman or Raiderman? People call him Old Rat. So. <laughs> I'll say Rat. No, no, no. I'm, I'm serious. I was looking at some of the uh, reviews. Okay. And it was yeah. like, oh, good job, Old Rat. And it was like, this is fantastic. We'll and like, it was five stars. And it was after the uh, trailer came out. After the trailer before the first episode. Okay. It's like, thanks, Mom. Yeah, it's probably Ratterman if they're calling him the Old Rat. Yeah, I'll that's go with Ratterman. My... Just call him the R Dog. <laughs> <laughs> What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution.